0: That's Arthi, that's Noor, and you're listening to The Reality Is. it is i don't know if it's like a cultural thing if i'm not managing some sort of chaos then Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm wasting my time and or like Mm -hmm. wasting my life and i don't know about you but i feel like that's also the desi woman way to be like our moms are like constantly up in arms constantly always something going on and you're always yelling at their kids it was always like you're gonna piss your dad off or your dad is mad about something or so-and-so called. It was always something. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that carries over to our generation After Aiden went through his whole treatment and everything, everything was fine. I had a mental breakdown because I was like, oh my God, my life is such a waste. I'm not doing anything. I have to constantly be doing something. And my therapist was like, you should be learning how to enjoy an uneventful life. The way that we're raised, especially because our parents came from not a lot and we had Mm -hmm. probably struggles growing up and stuff, I think in our minds, it feels that isn't something that is afforded to us to just Mm -hmm. exist and not. constantly be struggling
1: if I take an hour of just sitting on the couch doing nothing I truly start panicking like I'm wasting my time Mm -hmm. I've never had the luxury it's not really a luxury but I've never let myself have that luxury of just letting go and sitting in silence or doing nothing Mm -hmm. this is my actual quiet time with you is my (laughs) relaxation I feel like I need like Three months of just going away someplace and just leaving everybody and going away and then just relaxing. A month to unwind, a month to relax, and then a month to prepare to come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like <laughs> a vacation to start your vacation, vacation. and then the actual vacation yeah, actual and then vacation. the vacation before you end your vacation. I get it. Yes. So last year when I went to Spain by myself for like a two and a half days, I thought to myself, Oh, I'm just gonna like just enjoy the silence. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck this shit. I can't sit in silence. Like, so I had to constantly either have a podcast on... Or something in my ear. Mm-hmm. But also that's okay. Like that's okay for me to be around something that at least soothes me. So I think that like if this is your good time right now. Of like us yap, yap, yapping in each other's mm-hmm. ears.
1: And I'm this cool. close to getting into a bathtub. And doing the podcast from the bathtub.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want you to die.
1: Okay. Yeah. Here's my question. If you went on
0: vacation. And you had to clean up after yourself. Would you take the garbage out. And then just leave it by the door.
1: <laughs> Look. I, I will do one of two things. One, I will not take the garbage out at all. That would not be my job. I would not sign up for it. But if I did... I would take it out often. I mean, that was disgusting. What did she think? There were like 10 people in the house. Did she think that there would not be garbage every day or every other day?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if she's one of those people that just has like stacks of plates that she's eaten out of sitting underneath Mm -hmm. her bed.
1: Yeah. Gross. Pizza, pizza boxes.
0: No, thank you. It doesn't help her case if she's trying to gain any sympathy from anybody who's watching Bravo. Mm -hmm. Fine, you can be on the fence about whether or not Luke really screwed her over, but once you see the garbage stuff, it's like, how do you defend this type of behavior?
1: Maybe that's why Luke did not move forward. Yeah, maybe
0: Luke went to his hair apartment and was like, it straight smells like garbage in here. Yeah. Because she's never taken it out.
1: But then, did you see Sierra's room? Oh my god. That was nasty too. That's another Maybe Luke is attracted to women who are messy yeah
0: it's possible so this week on summer house where do we open on Oh, it was after Luke and Hannah get into a fight. She goes and runs away mm-hmm. crying. Luke calls his sister to get her advice. The sister is like, uh, yeah, you're an idiot.
1: Yeah, his sister says, but when she calls you and you hang up, you tell her you love her. So what does Luke do at the end of the episode? <laughs> he gets her out. He in- shows his acting chops there. Yeah. And then he ends the conversation with I love you. It's so bizarre. <laughs> So oh. it very much reminded me
0: of when I was all throughout college. There was a guy I had this like on/off with, and it was like this guy who was like my best friend, and we would like hang out all the time. And then sometimes we were together, and sometimes we were not. And it was always like, oh, we've got this great chemistry, and we totally hit it off. But like this is like totally just for fun. Like we don't have to mm-hmm. label anything. And then when it was time for him to have a girlfriend, it was never me, mm-hmm. right? But it it was always yeah. like no but i love you like you're my best friend like i could never be without you that type of stuff mm-hmm. so i watched hannah have that conversation with luke on the steps where she's like we have this chemistry that's undeniable and he's like yeah i care for you so deeply and i'm like this is such these are that, this is hannah was... believes that they have chemistry and luke in trying to be a nice guy to let her down easy is actually just leading her on and then yes he ends the conversation with i love you and i'm like yeah that's not yeah going but also. So,
1: but also that was right up our alley because that's the premise of most Bollywood movie. Yes, where there's a love triangle, somebody's left out of it, and then yeah. this is like the story went. Kuch Kuch, kuch, kuch Hota.
0: Hai. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep exactly exactly the movie i was like well are they are they auditioning is that how (laughs) luke got his job on the flight attendant which by the way flight attendant was nominated for golden globes did you see that isn't that bananas isn't that kind of crazy now luke is going to say i was in a golden globe nominated movie and then hannah's gonna be like i dated
0: a guy once who was nominated for a golden yeah i know i know my god Uh. (laughs) The other thing I also noticed was at the end when Hannah goes absolutely bananas, he like goes in there. He's like, "Hannah, do you need a hug?" Like he like goes in and he yeah. hugs her. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like he's like, "Hey, do you want a hug?" And then also
1: maybe I can put my penis in there. I know like, <laughs> it's so that ridiculous. was not a that was not a friendly hug. That no. was a, uh, we'll still be doing what we were doing before. They did not yeah.
0: hug like Giselle and Jamal did at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> their butts were not out. They did not hug like cousins at Thanksgiving. <laughs> they pressed their genitals. It was, genitals more, like, it each was other. more like
1: it was more like Portia and Bo- bolo. <laughs>
0: Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. (laughs) SummerHouse loves to do these theme parties. And like, I think this is like a white people thing. Because brown people, we don't do no themes. Like even our weddings, because we're going to talk about weddings later. Because we watched the big day.
1: Like our weddings, our events don't have themes. No. Even last week when we were talking about the big day. And we were talking about that one wedding that had themes to it. That felt so odd and horrible. Yes. We don't do themes. themes. We don't do any parties that have themes. No. the theme is always like what are you gonna feed them (laughs) yes the theme is what is the usual food and how can we overdo it
0: yes exactly exactly how can we get the best food for people to remember that's all we Mm -hmm. care about it's never about anything
1: else yeah we go by oh remember that party and it's not about somebody getting drunk or somebody acting crazy it's about remember that party and that they had the best gulab jamun yeah remember that food Exactly.
0: Also, the other thing is that if a Desi person was ever invited to an event and then forced to be in a theme, be in a costume and then do a bunch of obstacle courses, we'd be like, fuck you. I came here to be fed and maybe make some small talk.
1: And then I'm yeah. going to leave. I'm not here to work up a sweat. Do you know how long it took me to put on whatever outfit I have on? Yeah, exactly. You're lucky we even came. Yeah.
0: Don't make me do activities. Amanda's like full camp counselor.
1: She was. I wonder if she was, was a camp counselor because she came up with some good games. She had yeah. it all organized. It wasn't hard at all for her to do so. No,
0: it was she great. Was like,
1: okay, she woke up. She did some work for the company. And then she walked out and she had all these boxes set up and all the games set up. She had wigs for everybody. It was amazing. She had like a
0: big poster board and it had like instructions on it. And I was just like, <laughs> like she's like a Pinterest mom without having kids.
1: <gasps> she's going to be a Pinterest mom. She's
0: going to be a Pinterest mom. And she's going to be really good at it. And yeah. she's going to make it look so effortless too. And I'm going like, to hate her for it. But I yeah. also know that she's married to Kyle. So it's okay. Because she <laughs> might be having an easy time with the kids, but she still has a Kyle to yeah. look after. One other thing about Lucy. Luke and Hannah, they have this talk after the wig party or whatever. They have this like heart to heart. Luke starts to cry or whatever. Hannah's crying. They do their genitals pressed together hug, not Mm -hmm. platonic at all. And then Hannah goes and talks to Paige about it. And she's like, oh my God, he was crying. Like you just had a genuine moment with a person. And then you, it took you three seconds to go and make fun of them about it. And that's why also-
1: but also, it seemed like a very private moment, even though it's on national TV and all that. Yeah. But in that moment, and for the next few moments after that, it was a private moment, and she couldn't keep it to herself. Why even talk about it? Yeah. Like he could have said we made up, we talked it out, we're fine. She didn't have to give the details of all of that. And the way she said it, it was half-truth, which made her look good. It was almost as if Luke was apologetic and Luke was sad. And I made him cry, by the way. He started crying and I am the one who's the victor here because I made him cry. It was so
0: messed up because then Paige goes, oh my God, he's like lost. And it's like, he's not lost. He's trying to be like nice or whatever. And I know, I'm sure Luke had other motives for like crying Mm -hmm. because also Luke keeps trying to talk to Sierra. And the, this is the my favorite part of the whole episode is every time he goes to talk to Sierra, she literally is just like, nope. She is yeah. just shutting it down, which I think is so right. funny. But that's definitely the reason why Luke all of a sudden is like, oh, Hannah, like, let's talk. So I'm yeah. sure he has other motives. But the fact that Hannah keeps taking these private conversations she has with, with Luke and then makes fun of it, it's the same yeah. thing that that person on Facebook told us about the Giggly Squad Lives and all of her podcast. Mm-hmm where she keeps making fun of Luke. So mm-hmm. the fact that Luke is not reaming her out all the time or treating yeah. her the way Kyle does is mm-hmm. really, he's kind of a saint in that way. Yeah,
1: She's like the worst kind of friend to have. She's too self-centered. It's not selfish. Selfish means that you recognize there's others and then you are choosing yourself. Here she doesn't even see the others. It's all, the whole world uh, revolves around her. She's self-centered and she's always ready to like you said, make fun of people that show vulnerability. Even if it's fake, there's no need for you to make fun of them.
0: Yeah, and it's very obvious that she makes fun of people who show any vulnerability, but the minute that she all of a sudden has to be vulnerable herself, she just goes absolutely apeshit, which is what she does at the end of the episode we learn about sierra's mom who's a nurse and we also learn Mm -hmm. that sierra like all of the other women of color that are showing up on bravo was forced to pick her career (laughs) She's like, my mom was a nurse, so she made me a nurse and that I had no choice in the matter. But I really liked that we're learning more about her. She seems like mm-hmm. a, a no-nonsense person right? when they're at the beach and they have that conversation, right. Danielle and Sierra, about what it's like to be a woman of color. You know, you have somebody like Lindsay who is buying boobs and is working in PR and mm-hmm. probably uses them to her advantage. Mm-hmm. Where you, as you have Sierra and Danielle who work in conservative mm-hmm. areas, they have to cover their bodies bodies, they have to cover their natural hair, they have to do all these extra things that almost seem like a job on top of your existing job, just mm-hmm. to hold on to your job. And right. I love that they had that conversation. It was like a very natural conversation. It, it wasn't yeah. like this separate, dramatic, whatever. It right. was like it's two people of color having conversations that people of color together have like exactly. you and exactly
1: Exactly. And why did that happen? Because Danielle was no longer the only person of color yes. on the show that's the other thing that every one of these shows Bravo brings in one person of color and yep. expects them to talk about their life experience to white women mm-hmm. and that is putting so much pressure on them here nobody knows anything about Danielle except that she comes in late okay yeah, she has to take the LIRR and she comes late <laughs> that's all we know about her. we yeah. don't know anything about Danielle because nobody bothers to ask Danielle about her experience yep. she works harder than everybody else in that house Yep, she's so beautiful but nobody has shown any interest in her until the other person of color comes in. And then Daniel opens up and talks about it. Daniel couldn't have talked about her hair or her boobs to Lindsay or to no. Hannah or Paige. No. None of them would be interested in that kind of talk with Danielle. Like, they wouldn't even give her the time of the day. Now, because Sierra is listening, she's feeling freer enough to talk about it. So I'm getting to know Danielle because Sierra is there.
0: That's what Bravo needs more of. Like, you need, yeah. if you're going to put in a person of color, give them something somebody else to talk to. Because white people yeah. don't care. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this fight and then we'll talk about Carl because it was a very sad mm-hmm. episode for Carl. So they come back from the beach. Everybody's a little bit drunk. Mm-hmm. Kyle brings up the fact that Hannah's gross and we agree with that. And yes. Kyle certainly goes about it in the most passive-aggressive way that he can by having a house meeting, which was like very real world. I loved it.
1: Just like in Atlanta where you have the aunties and the knees. <laughs> we had the parents and the kids in this house. <laughs> All the older people woke up early, had jobs to go to, still cleaned up, cleaned up the shit after the kids. And the kids, all of them slept in their beds till almost one (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon, did nothing, said they would do some chores, did not finish them, and then threw a tantrum. Yes,
0: that's a great way to put it. And it's (laughs) like, you know what? As a parent myself, I got to side with the parents. Well, the funniest part of it for me was that like he was talking very passive aggressively, but he wasn't naming it. Any names but like Hannah gets so offended
1: very much like a parent a parent doesn't want to pick on a kid they want them to learn from what we're saying so it was like Kyle had read a book on how to how to talk to your 10 year old and he was like okay kids let's sit down here daddy's got something to say and he starts talking someone I won't name names. <laughs> left the garbage out. What have I said? What are the rules? What are our core values as a family? And, 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 the, and the kid that is guilty starts screaming. And yeah. saying, and you know, oh, my God, God. You don't love me. I knew you would
0: do this to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and mom fight all the time.
1: Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how who are you to tell me how to behave? Mom is like, you shut up and listen to what your dad is saying. You
0: sh- <laughs> yeah. And then the kid says something mean about the mom, and the mom is like, How could you do that to me? I'm always here for you. I'm the one I made you guys these great activities. I planned a whole day yesterday. We had a you wigs. I sign.
1: bought you wigs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Amanda and and Kyle are totally the parents, and Hannah is absolutely there. Oh my god, that was so Ugh, perfect! It was yes.
1: hilarious. The way Kyle went about it in a very passive aggressive way, but also like we will go, we'll be very civilized about it. We'll have a meeting, and then Hannah just gets up and she even like goes inside. And what did she do? She just she does the nanana nana boo boo. <laughs> I was like Hannah how old are you and then you know what just
0: thinking about them between parents and kids Amanda gets frustrated so she throws a glass right it's so funny because it's like there's been times when I don't hit my kids okay I'm not against hitting my kids because I'm a brown person and we do that but I don't hit my kids however there have been times when I've like grab my kid from like their shoulders and there's been times when they're like arguing with me and their arms will flail around and their own arm will hit their face and then they'll be like you hit me and <laughs> I didn't even do anything and then they'll like complain to their dad about it it's like exact same thing that Hannah did we're like
1: they threw a glass at glass me, at me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lindsay's like was it glass <laughs> and then somebody else said no that was plastic <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Paige, because if Hannah's is like the middle child who fucked up, Paige is like yeah. the older sibling. It's like, I mean, I get what your point is, but like, yeah. so yeah. mom has a point yeah. too.
1: And like, Dude, so yeah. does dad. Yeah. Carl and Lindsay and Stravia, like the other adults, the other, other Aunties parents and that are over. Yeah, their <laughs> parents, yeah, like, uh, I'm not interfering, but if I were them, I would spank that kid. If I were them, I would spank that kid. she would my child would never behave like that my child would be grounded oh
0: my god Oh, that's the best. That was the best analogy ever. And we didn't even have to say that anybody was doing lines of cocaine. It was just a perfect analogy. So, obviously, the episode ends in a really, really sad way. We see Carl yeah. get a phone call that his brother overdosed. Yeah. Probably the realest, saddest moment I've ever seen on Summer House. It was just yeah. like I know that we've spent multiple episodes lusting after Carl, yeah. and I did yeah. also lust after him on this episode, but the yeah. end of that, I was like, Carl. Carl. I love you so much
1: I love that he goes to Lindsay's room I think he feels closest to Lindsay so he you can tell she is his best friend because he needed to be with her and talk to her and let her know what happened it feels like she knew about his brother and knew about their struggles so but the way she like perks up and like that face she had it was like I get
0: goosebumps right now and she hugs him and she's like are you okay and he just goes I don't know and I was just like my god this is so sad Mm -hmm. it was just it broke my Heart. It was just really, really sad. So yeah, I I know that like in a couple of episodes, I guess Carl's gonna get fired off of summer house
1: Why does he get fired though? I don't. I understand. don't know. I thought he left Carl- the
0: show because of this death, yeah. but yeah. I didn't realize that. I guess he got fired. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. That's what the interweb said. Mm. Well, going back to lusting for Carl, heartbreaks mm. for him back to lusting they're sitting at the picnic table and carl says one line that i think is probably the closest thing it's the easiest way for somebody to get me to fall in love with them Mm -hmm. which is he says i'll fuck up any kind of potato and i was like me too
1: yeah potato and (sighs) cheese i don't eat
0: carbs guys i don't eat rice i don't eat pasta i don't eat bread but if you put
1: potatoes in front of me I cannot say no. Yeah. This season, I think, is actually not bad. I didn't, like, in the past seasons, I would get, like, bored of it. Like halfway through, they're like, oh, here they go again with their theme parties. And here they go drunk, Lindsay screaming, uh, you know, Amanda screaming. It was the usual, usual. And so far, it's been slightly different. Maybe because it's like I have a newfound hatred of Hannah, which you have have cultivated, seeded and cultivated. So now I'm watching it with that lens and I'm like
0: hate you. I'd also like to give credit to the seeding and cultivation to Richie because mm-hmm. Richie is the original Hannah Burner hater. Yeah, he's been hating on her longer than us. Much longer. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about The Big Day.
1: Yes. How'd you so, like episode two?
0: So we watched episode two and three of The Big Day. It's only three, three episodes on Netflix. I texted you after. I said I mm-hmm. feel seen after watching episode two. So episode two is about A-type brides mm-hmm. and episode three is about unconventional love. Mm-hmm. When I first started watching episode 2, I was really annoyed. Mm-hmm. I hate the idea of like, oh my god, she's such an A type. She's such a bridezilla. She's mm-hmm. so, like while I agree that like episode 1 Nikki definitely was a bridezilla, was
1: bridezilla. Yeah.
0: But episode 2, they show these two couples. One is Balivi and Rajat and then mm-hmm. the other one is Ami and Nikhil? Yes. Ami and Balivi are the brides and they are very of what they want. Mm. They're having these weddings that are non-traditional in a lot of ways but the biggest thing that they've done is that they've taken their weddings and stripped away the parts of our culture or parts of our rituals that are very patriarchal in nature. Yeah, and I would love for you to talk more about them because I thought that they were so interesting but one of the big takeaways for me when I watched the show was that Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people because I think you and I were the same way people will go into watching the show and being like, oh my God, like look at these out of touch, tone deaf, like wealthy people who are throwing these extravagant weddings. And Mm -hmm. I agree that there's definitely a lot of that. But if you look at the culture of weddings and the importance of marriages in the South Asian subcontinent as a whole, the big thing for me that I took away was that like in each couple, you had a person who was controlling the wedding or controlling the show who Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years ago was considered a marginalized person. And now this person was taking ownership of whatever their wedding should look like. And even if you go from like Nikki Nikki from episode one who was like such a bride. And I think also um, Ami from episode two seemed like a little bit of a Yeah, She was kind of annoying too. Yeah, but for the most part, like these are women who are outspoken, they're independent, and they mm-hmm. exist in a culture that for hundreds of years didn't value them and didn't value their voice. Even the third episode, Daniel and Tyrant, yeah, it's two men and they're people who have right. not been able to live freely and openly and have
1: a choice and still cannot get married in India legally. They can have a relationship that just got decriminalized. Yes, uh, homosexuality just got decriminalized, and so. So they just still cannot get married in India, but they do, do they do find a priest who's able to marry them, which I thought was awesome obviously the priest is the young priest.
0: I love the fact that all of the priests, like in episode two and three, you had these situations where parents or cultures or communities expect something out of a marriage. And Mm. so you have these young people saying, I want to respect this culture. I want to respect this religion. But I would like to have a conversation with this person to say, can we talk about how we can take parts of it out that I don't think Mm. serve me anymore? Yeah, I think so much of the show can seem very very out of touch and over the top. But I love the fact that it actually showed that the people that are wielding the wedding industry in these circles is women like, yeah, and, and you've talked about this, how South Indian weddings are, they're somber events, right? Mm
1: -hmm. They're very somber events, not sad events. They're happy events, but they're very, Formal events. So there's a lot of rituals and there are a lot of functions associated with it. And it's not a very informal party kind of atmosphere. It's a it's a lot of organized chaos that happens in South Indian weddings. <laughs> it's like you're led from one thing to the next ritual to the next ritual to the next ritual. Then the rituals can be very in the rituals in general. You know, the rituals are laid out in scripture, like day one, day two, day three, and what are the things you should do? And and, and what that signifies, it's a lot of symbolism. And all of that is literally laid out in our scriptures, the Vedas. Priests will sometimes follow it very strictly. And you don't even know what you're doing and what you're saying because most of the scripture is in Sanskrit. Yeah. Common people don't speak Sanskrit. You're just repeating what the priest is telling you to say, much like if you were a Christian and you went to church and the priest was saying something in Latin, which mm-hmm. you don't understand, but you're just repeating it after them. So much like that, you speak in Sanskrit and you're saying things and you're doing all these rituals and some things you might have an idea of why you do certain things At other things you don't. There's so much to be done that this is not a time and place where you go to the priest and say, explain to me, why am I doing this again? (laughs) What is this? clothing? Why am I putting rice in the fire? And what is this? You don't have a lot of that happening because the priest is there for a few hours. He's doing all this. He's saying all this. And you don't even understand what did you just do? Why did you do that in a religious context? There are certain things that mentioned in the show, one of them being Kanya dan, which is Kanya is girl and dan is to uh, donate or give in charity or give away. Much like Western weddings, you have the father that gives away the Bride, Mm -hmm. Here, the word takes on a little bit more meaning. We're giving away the responsibility of the woman to the other man. So as if the woman is not equal, as if she's just another Commodity. commodity, maybe a cattle that you gave a cow to somebody else, right? Something like that. It's less than. Fathers giving away their daughters in the Christian context is not considered that way. But the way the word um, symbolizes in Hinduism, the word is just a little bit more stronger than that. Yeah. So it's not just giving your daughter in marriage. It's even more than that. The act of telling the husband that he's in charge of her now.
0: Because I think there's so much probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, because there's so much scripture behind it and because there's meaning behind Mm -hmm. it. You're bestowing your daughter's responsibilities upon. On this man. And Men. it's, it's something that takes away the autonomy of the woman. It mm-hmm. takes away her choice. It takes even if a lot of times it is her choice. I can imagine that that kind of messaging can make somebody feel less. Like I love that Palubi is the one that has a big issue with mm-hmm. it. Her mother-in-law really wanted to do it. And she said, you know, I thought it was a really nice thing. But right. when she explained it to me and she said, but I'm not a commodity. I'm not just yeah. a thing to pass on that also right. makes sense. And I love that because certainly when I was getting married, there were a lot of things that were being decided or a lot of things that my parents or my in-laws wanted to do. I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. One of the things that Balibi did, and she wanted to find a more progressive priest that didn't want to do a lot of these things. But one Mm -hmm. of the big things he said was that he wanted to do a... a, Traditionally, the prayer is done first with the man, then the bride comes in, then Mm -hmm. they do a different prayer together. Mm -hmm. And she said... I want to just be there. I want to be there when this prayer happens. And that's actually a request I had in my wedding. So I got to do that. And my mom was like a little hesitant first, but she was like, yeah, sure. If that's what you want, if that's like the one thing that you ask for, then yes, Mm -hmm. we will make sure that's done. And I don't know if you went through this, Dorothy, but a lot of times I feel like as women, like you and I got married at the, around mm-hmm. the same age, right? 25. I think that when we got married, it was one of those things like, well, you just have to get married because this is just a thing that you have to do. And you have mm-hmm. to go along with a lot of the rituals and you can't really mm-hmm. question a lot of the things because this is just what you have to do. Because yeah. this is your only way out of being under your parents' care yeah. is to get married. And I love the fact that they showed these couples that not only are obviously choosing to get married to the person that they want, but choosing also to get married in a way that they want and also choosing to have conversations with their families to explain how it is that they want to get married. Yeah, And I was really, really, really going into watching this show being really offended by how gaudy and over the top it was. Yeah. By the end of it, I was just like so touched by the fact that there was these groups of progressive couples that are really just trying to say like, we love our families. We want our families to be part of our mm-hmm. lives. And yeah. we want our families to love us as a couple as much as we love mm-hmm. them as our parents. Right. And Like it actually makes me, <laughs> I'm like going to cry. I don't know what's wrong with me. It makes me Mm -hmm. emotional to talk about because this is like now therapy. (laughs) I often struggle with how much more respect my family, my extended family, my parents have given me after I got married. It's something that really fucks my brain Mm -hmm. up. And I saw Mm -hmm. some of that with Ami. So mm-hmm. there's the scene with Ami when she's having her haldi and she's with all the women and right. she starts to cry and she starts to get emotional. And Ami the whole time is kind of this like tough girl. She's got She's very like yeah,
1: she's like fake brash. It's it feels artificial. It's not feel doesn't feel real. Yeah, and like, you can tell
0: she's doing it almost as like a defense mechanism, right? Yeah, because yeah, she just yeah. wants to be almost like what she feels like men are like sometimes, yeah. right? right? And so right. she's really tough and and you see her in this room and all these women are dancing around her and she gets really emotional. And she's like, you know, it's so nice to have everybody around you and stuff. And I know what it's like to be a brash girl who is often looked at like, oh, it's like, oh, who's going to yeah. marry her? She's such a loud yeah. mouth. Who's going to marry yeah. her? But then when you're when you finally do get married, the way your family comes around you and they kind of treat you in this like very delicate right. flower type of a way, even though it's something that you've actively fought against when Mm -hmm. you get that kind of respect or when you get that Mm -hmm. kind of attention it really makes you emotional because it's like wow this feels really good also I'm really mad at you because you're giving me this attention only because I'm getting married even though getting married is really not that important but at the same time it's like thanks for appreciating me but also I'm resentful of it
1: right it's kind of a weird thing that especially in our families we have in our communities in uh, in our histories because women are considered weak if you're not married you're not considered a woman like you're grown up you could be 20 you could be 22 23 and they will still treat you like you were 13 or 14 yeah and then you get married and overnight the attitudes will change overnight people will ask for your opinion people will say what do you think about this what do you think we should make for dinner what do you think we should do for ha- for our vacation? Whereas just two days ago when I wasn't married and I was single, none of that mattered. I was treated like a young child. Yeah, it is something that resonates with me because I've experienced it. I know everybody has. My sister is not married until literally late 30s. My parents would t- treat her like she was just a teenager. Where yeah. are you going? When are you coming back home? What time I because that's and also she lives in India, so it's not strange for her and my parents to be living together, just so you know, yeah. the audience may not realize like a lot of us live with our parents. So it's yeah. like she she would still have to answer to her. It was on not until she was like 35 and later that they actually stopped. And that was because when I went and one day I was like, what are you asking her all those questions for? You never did that to me. Because I questioned them, it sort of stopped them from doing that. But it's like they never, you are, not, you are treated completely different when you get married because they treated me like that before I got married. Once I got married, suddenly I had all the wisdom in the world. I was the most stable. I was indestructible. I was protected. And now they could breathe a sense of relief and treat me as an adult.
0: Oh, my God. Am I my, like, blood is boiling. I, know. I like Maybe I'm, like, not emotionally prepared to talk about this, but it's actually really... I'm glad that we're talking about it 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 makes me it does it makes me really 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 upset that July 2nd 2011 I was just a kid and by mm-hmm. July 4th 2011 I was now a woman yeah. to be treated differently and to be respected and whose privacy should be respected I know it was, and it's like where the fuck did this shit right. come from? One of the things you said right now that like really like I had an emotional reaction to is this idea that our parents go like, oh, now I can breathe, right? Like, yeah, oh, thank God, like now we're now our job is done. It's like our daughters right. are taking care. of. It's like right that part of it really I hate. So I loved watching these weddings where these women are doing a thing being part of a and not just women it's men too cuz Tara mm-hmm. and Daniel are men these people are doing a thing that culturally they're not supposed to have a voice in mm-hmm. but they're so actively involved like even Aditya and Gayatri the couple themselves don't care that much but it's the moms of the couple right. that are much more involved and right. running the show and i love yeah. that it was all around for me the biggest takeaway was that it's really showing how a ritual or an act in, in the subcontinent that really raises women up in a certain way or raises their stature. Oh, you are somebody's wife now. Right. While they are being a part of an act that I sometimes think is further pushing the patriarchy, they're taking Mm -hmm. control of what they can and trying to mold it in a way where it suits them. And it's like, that's how you get progress made by slowly chipping away at these things.
1: And the, the fact that in one of the weddings, the wedding planner has to say that it just so happened that we had a woman photographer, which is so unheard of. She had to make a point that the photographer for the wedding was a woman, usually it's just men doing that. It's talking about women entering into the industry where it's always been male-dominated. And I was like, wow, I didn't think of it that way, but I can see how there are not many women photographers. When you go to these weddings, like
0: we talked about going to an event and only caring Mm. about the food, right? Who cares about all these details? All of the colors mm-hmm. and the clothes and all this stuff. Women yeah. care about it. The moms yeah. care. The aunties care. They're the ones that sit yeah. around and talk about it. The uncles, they only care about the food. Food. But yeah. the aunties, they care about all the details. So why not have an industry that is actually tailored for women actually be run by women?
1: Yeah. It's so common here that it didn't occur to me until that showed up. That on it's TV. not common in that India. Not, yeah. It's not common in India. I was just thinking, do I know? a single person that is a photographer that's a woman? No. Do I know a single person that's a wedding planner? No, they will do the mendi. They will do the cooking in the kitchen. They will be there helping out. They'll be the helpers, but nobody leading the effort. Nobody running the show. Yeah, not at least not in my generation. So I was so happy to see that change. I was like, okay, this is not the India and the weddings that I talk about. This is completely different. It's not about the traditional weddings that I had or you had. This is now completely changing. Now it's turning into a whole other thing.
0: I loved it. I love that I loved it too. just happened to only get female vendors she was yeah. it just it just ended up being that those are the people that she liked
1: yeah i thought the men were also like rajat was like yeah she makes more balavi makes a lot more money than i do but i don't care i'm fine with it and he's okay with his wife's progressive views which you know they're just normal views but in that society they are much more progressive than you would think and that was refreshing i
0: love that balavi she talks about these things like very matter of fact right like yeah. what's the biggest issue is when a husband is controlling or a husband has it together or a husband is particular he's considered a good husband but when a woman is that way she's considered yeah. bossy and he's yeah. looked at like oh poor thing he has to be bossed yeah. around by his wife right. in the same right. way uh the mungo or the necklace if a husband yeah. puts it on a wife it's fine but if a woman does the same act to the husband it's a joke mm-hmm. why is it yeah. a joke why are these yeah. things a joke? And I I yeah. fucking love Pallavi. She was just, yeah. I was so happy to watch her. I was like, man, I, I see myself in her, but I don't think that I was even a third of her when I was planning my wedding.
1: I didn't care as long as I was marrying this person. I didn't really care. This was all a show for my mother and my parents and all of that, so I didn't care. But growing up, you thought the same thing as Pallavi did. I thought the same thing as Pallavi did. At least for me, when I reached college, I had a group of girls around me that thought the same. So we were able to openly talk about it. But we did it with our girlfriends and not to the rest of society. We all were... I determined that we won't let that affect us, but we did not go and talk about that to society outside of our girlfriend close circle. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about the progressive thoughts we had. We didn't think about sharing it with them. I think the next generation has been much more vocal and shared it with everybody else. Their voices and the voices of the generation after that is not going to sound ludicrous or not yeah. they are not going to be alone. Because what you and I identified with was that, yeah, that's what I thought so too. But I I didn't have a lot of people that thought the same. But I know that the way Pallavi thinks, there's a lot of women in India that think the same.
0: We'd be surprised by how many parents are more willing to have discussions with their children now. Mm -hmm. I will say I... Did try to talk to my family about these types of things. But I think that, and this is just like me also giving my parents benefit of doubt, my parents were trying to do the best they could in a brand new country. So I think that mm-hmm. they just like, there were some things that there was just like out of discussion of like, we're just, we're not going to talk about this because this isn't an option for you, right? I can be resentful of it a little bit. But the thing that really hit home for me was there have been so many times in my life when. I've been assertive about something and it is made a joke. In my family. Mm-hmm. I am considered mm-hmm. I am the A-type person. I mm-hmm. am very anal. My husband is often looked at like, oh, she's the boss in her house. Like he's mm-hmm. she's always bossing poor Father around and stuff. Like my mm-hmm. husband is often looked like that. And my husband is a lot like Regith, who's like, I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. has to say. I know who I am in my relationship, mm-hmm. and I know who my wife is, and like we have a mutual understanding. Yeah. I know so many couples where guides are like these, you know they they're the macho types and that's Mm -hmm. traditionally what our culture expects of these macho type Mm -hmm. of guys and these women that aren't subservient but not necessarily bossing their husbands around you Mm -hmm. know and my brother who's my i have two brothers my younger brother who's not married he said to one of my friends and she told me she's he said i don't want to get married because most of the married people i know are really fucked up but he was Mm -hmm. like i only know one good couple and that's my sister and her husband
1: oh and he was like,
0: they just have a great relationship because they understand each other and they mm-hmm. have a mutual understanding of each other's, the things that they value of each other that mm-hmm work in a mutual way. And I I really saw that with Balibi and Rajat. I love the fact that he's like, yeah, I had a crush on her. And she came up to me first and was like, all right, let's do this. Like, that's definitely me and Fahad. That's totally (laughs) us. You know, so I I love that. My favorite, my absolute favorite thing about Balibi was at the end when she said, your wedding is not the most important day of your life. It's just a day. You should be celebrating all the other days of your life. Being married is just a day but it is not the most important day of your life.
1: Yeah. So you should just
0: enjoy every day of your life. And I love that because it is important to also remind people that you can exist in both worlds. You can exist in a world where you do care about your wedding Mm -hmm. and that you do want to have a nice party. But Mm -hmm. also, you know that it's just an act that you need Mm -hmm. to go
1: through so that
0: you can just live with this person or have Mm -hmm. a family with this person. Yeah. But it's not the most important day of your life.
1: Yeah, that's how I felt, at least if my wedding was... Okay, you guys figure it out. I'll show up. I'll get married, whatever. What warmed my heart was every time these women were listened to, heard, and acknowledged, they were empowered. That was giving them confidence so they could speak even with much more confidence. The next time they want to change something in the world, they'll feel a little bit more confident because they will get used to the idea of if I want to make a change, I can make a change. That is the part that as a parent, I was thinking that is watching the parents listen to and understand and acknowledge what the daughter wanted. That was super touching to me because my parents certainly did not have that. (laughs) <laughs> but i can i can learn from that particular scene what i can learn from my own experience is that i can change that by being a lot more understanding of my daughter and yeah. giving her the power to decide her life so that she can change what she wants and shape her life the way she wants and not feel insecure about it or have doubts about her own abilities and her choice
0: yeah I loved it. I was not expecting
1: myself to love
0: it, but I loved it so much. I know.
1: All of the weddings, the last was the same-sex couple. It was such a very international mix of a German father, a Thai mother, Indian father. They had a Christian wedding, an actual wedding in Germany because that's where it is legal. And then they had another Hindu spiritual wedding in India. It also kind of showed that a lot of Christians in India are Hindu converts, who became Christian. So oftentimes they'll keep the rituals. Yeah that are Hindu rituals but have Christian weddings but also have like a Hindu priest and that is not uncommon. So that was very beautiful and the fact that the parents were all there, the priest were there and it was very well accepted by the folks around was again refreshing to see and should be seen more often. Yeah. This might be the first gay couple that acknowledged in India and had a wedding in India and that's been on international TV and they were such a shock authentic couple so they were lovely
0: and did you see katrina kev showed up at the end yeah he was her makeup makeup artist yeah yeah, for years and i just i just i loved it so one of the sweetest things was when the priest said he's sitting and he's talking about it and he said look the words are all the same they all apply to them it's and their bond the only thing is that about having children or procreating That part of it we took out. But besides that, it's all the same. And I loved how simply he put it, right? He's like,
1: it doesn't matter if you're from the the word. Yeah. You look at the actual words that are being said that's only about a couple so we can use it anywhere we want. Like what is the what is the harm here? There's just words. I loved it so much. Yeah. So
0: Arthi, I want to ask you because how long has it been since you left India? Uh,
1: 98.
0: So a long time. Yeah. How did you feel watching this type of progress? I mean I got emotional watching it. I'm not even Indian. How did you
1: feel? I was super emotional and I felt very now I'm going to cry. Oh, because, you know, you don't realize what you went through. Yeah. And things you shit that you put up with because you didn't know any better or you couldn't do any better. Yes. Until you get out of that situation and you realize, oh, you know, I wasn't, my wings weren't fully open. I thought I had my wings open and wide and I was flying as high as, as I could. But no, I was actually so restricted and I didn't realize it until I was a little bit more in the air and that's why i work myself harder now because i want to be able to fly higher Aww. right <laughs> so it's like you were asking me earlier today how hard i'm working and maybe like maybe i need to relax and all that but it's like i've been given this opportunity that i really have to take full advantage of because yeah. my peers did not have that but <laughs> watching all the progress on the on the show it actually helped me feel like Hopeful, oh! Especially when you are here now and you're watching everything that Trump is doing. You're really making (laughs) this is like the most (laughs) emotional. Oh my god! Okay, everything that Trump is doing, and you're watching all that, you feel so hopeless, and you feel like things are going backwards. And then you watch something. On the other side, where it was hopeless and now it's getting better, it just gives you some hope that, okay, it's not all, is not lost. And the generations to come is going to still make improvements.
0: Yeah, I think that's... Oh, look. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Should I talk about Carl's butt real quick so that everybody <laughs> can just... <laughs> Wipe the tears. No, I totally get what you're saying. I totally get yeah. what you're saying. And I think that I think marginalized people, if, if they're listening, will understand that because that is something that I think everybody thinks about, right? If you have ever experienced any type of hardship in your life, that is oftentimes what drives you to just do more and more and more. And often to our conversation earlier, to the point of burnout, which is something that we need to be cognizant of and mm-hmm. control. But That is something that really drives us because when you come from those types of backgrounds or you come from that kind of hardship in your life, you do have a lot more pressure to be like, wow, I am so fucking lucky that I somehow made it out and I have all this opportunity. So I would be an asshole if I just let it sit aside. It's a real, um, it's a mindfuck, but also it's like good to know that you're not, just carrying this on your shoulders. Like the progress is happening and yeah. it's it's there and it, it's it's hopeful. It's exactly yeah. right. It's hopeful. It I is love it. It's very
1: hopeful. It is hopeful. Yes, it's a newly found freedom. So there's going to be a lot of over the top abuse of that freedom. Yes. Because with- But I think it will balance out like people are very capitalistic now and they go overboard with their overindulgence and all of that. But I think eventually it will balance out. It will be like the crazy 70s and 80s here and 90s here when people were just going bonkers, especially the 90s with all the money. And then when the money settles down, things will settle down and it will reach a balance. But overall, I was so happy to see that progressive nature What I would have loved, I would have loved a fourth episode and showing inter religious men. men. Yes. Yeah, same. I missed a Sikh wedding. There's a, you know, there's I would love to see some diversity in terms of, you know, having a Muslim and a Hindu wedding or inter-religious weddings and how people face that now and what is the status of all of that now?
0: Yeah, I was hoping that that's what they would show in the third episode. They kind of touched on it because yeah. Gayatri's mother was Muslim, Muslim and her, yeah. her dad was Hindu, but for the most part, it was still a Hindu couple. Yeah. It was kind of diverse. Aditya also, his his parents were originally from Pakistan, but they were Hindus yeah. from Pakistan. Yeah. So I get it. It was there a little, but I agree with you. I was hoping to see like um, a Sikh wedding, a real South Indian wedding. I did like the fact that Daniel and Tyron wore lungis because, lungis, yeah. because for Chennai, because um, yeah. I think Ty- Tyron's father is from yeah. Chennai.
1: So grandfather,
0: yeah. which I really loved. I loved that part of it. But I was just very surprised by how much I really loved The Big Day. I might even yeah. watch it again. Is that psychotic? It could be. It
1: was beautifully shot all be. the way. Is- I'm not going to deny If you want to label yourself, go ahead. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. What are we watching next for Tuesday? Oh, what should we
1: watch? I, I think Mary to Medicine is
0: coming back.
1: Yes. We might have to make Tuesday our Mary watching, to Medicine day. Do you want to do you want to uh yeah, do you want to first watch the very last either the season or the very last reunion or something just to catch up because it's been a while. Oh shit, yeah.
0: Yeah, cuz Mary to Medicine is back on Sunday. Ooh, see? Tuesday's we'll do Summer House and Mary to Medicine. And we might, instead of releasing the Tuesday episode on Tuesday, we might change it to Wednesday so that I have more time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We might do a Wednesday episode and a Saturday episode while Married to Medicine is on TV because then that'll make it easier, I think. Okay, good. Now
1: we're done. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) We did our planning, too. We did our planning, too. Yeah, welcome to our team meeting as well. (laughs) That's we just had it. We just had a team meeting with our audience because that's kind of that's the kind of team we are. Yes, we are very yes. inclusive. We want to know all of your schedules too. Let's look at our calendar. Should we get a Google like a shared
0: calendar? We'll put up a shared yeah. calendar. We'll you know send us your email addresses. So we'll <laughs>
1: All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you on Saturday. And I promise I won't cry next time.
0: I hope you do. I hope you. I'm going to make you cry every episode now.
1: No. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to end up. This is no. not real therapy. You are not a real therapist.
0: <laughs> I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> Bye, guys.
1: Bye.